in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the top 10 i'm john roca and i am matt nost welcome into another week of the top 10 show uh hope everybody out there is doing well john i'm not entirely sure why we're recording this right now when going live is the u.s uh mullet championship what we could be we could be live reacting Wow. To all the glorious mullets come out and judging along with. I would absolutely love to live react to the to the uh, mullet championships. I can't even. I didn't even know that was still a thing. I thought that was just for ironic purposes that you would see people show up with mullets on. I think it started out as ironic about four years ago, and then it really started to. I I know a guy who was on the forefront of the mullet resurgence. Oh, okay. Well, he started wearing it. He. I remember he showed up. It was like five years ago. And you're mm-hmm. like, this is a bold choice. And uh, he's been on a bunch of stuff since then, proudly wearing that mullet. Wow. I think he's helped influence the public discourse on uh, okay. him and amongst many, many others. It's like mustaches. Mustaches are slowly starting to creep back in again. Get that shit out of here. Um, yeah, initially I thought the mullet coming back was just ironic, and now I think it's some people are like, "This is a good look." <laughs> it's not a good look. look. No, it's terrible. It's, it's every once and again, every once and again, you see somebody pulling it off. Yeah, there is. There are those people that are just like you know what that fits your head really well. It's not for me, but congratulations. But ninety nine point nine percent of them, my personal choice is, you need to shave that off your fucking head. Yeah immediately this is a great website mulletchamp.com very well constructed they even have a hall of fame for mullets um andre agassi billy ray cyrus kenny powers mario lopez the rare latino mullet bono getting a shout out here sure from his 80s days right patrick swayze I would argue was the hottest looking guy with a mullet, wouldn't you say? Maybe over Mel Gibson, maybe. You know, it's whatever your cup of tea is. <laughs> but this thing has been running for a couple of years now. We wow. got we got the full on championship, baby. There's a kids division and a teens division. That's called indoctrination, grooming. You should not be grooming your children into wearing the mullet for God's sakes. It, it could be though for kids, it's, you know, they're more subject to a trend like this than I think an adult would be. Good God. So if it's, uh, there's a groundswell at their school and kids start wearing mullets, well, they're all going to wear mullets. I don't know if it's indoctrinating per se. Are there, are there male and female champions or just only. In our genderless world, I would imagine it's just open to all. Okay, because all I see is men on the website. So I, I hope there's God, there's female mullets. Because I've seen some 
growing up in Virginia, I've seen some female mullets. So, <sighs> although li- living in Silver Lake, I see the ironic female mullet quite a bit. <laughs> I do. It's it's like okay, that's a choice. Wow, she made the exact same choice. Look at that. Look that at is that. amazing. She's missing a left leg. The other one's missing a right leg. <laughs> Together, they're the perfect pair. Yeah, they are. I lived in the Valley. I know what the fuck that's all about. Yeah, so how funny. The mullet championships. Yikes. Yeah, I just All white that. dudes on the cover, too. Because you know what? Because no other ethnicity does mullets in the large numbers like white people do. You know? Let's yeah, no, this quick. is mostly a white guy special. Yeah, yeah. It's this rare. is... Much like the international beard and mustache championships, <laughs> predominantly, uh, you know, uh, oh, filled right. with white guys. Oh, probably. Uh, the pictures that I've seen from the, oh, uh, here's the runner-up. Here's this year's yeah. champion, last year's champion. It's almost always a white dude. Oh, there is there is a female side of things. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Some amazing mullets. I'm sure you get some perm mullets on that side too. There, there's one or two that I see, but the the one who's in first place as of June 2021, the mullet champ, it's a good choice. Gotta say, it's a good choice. Solid, sheared on the sides, of course. Kind of, you know, what is it? Business in the front, long and party in the back. I respect that. Second place is a ginger though, and the third place is a a uh, red dyed brunette yeah. with lots of places you're fucking fired that's what that is <laughs> hit the bricks pal uh but yeah some confusing choices for female mullets but i think number one is correct having it cheered on the side that makes you look country so i think that's the that's the winner i think it's a wise choice by them i would almost watch the female mullet more than the male mullet championships just to see the different distinct distinct styles you know um Sure, sure. I'm in for all of it. Well, once again, why are we doing this show? We should be just point. live reacting. <laughs> That's a good point. To let's jump over uh, on the Twitch channel. It's on the Ocho. Let's go watch it on the Ocho right now. <laughs> I've seen stuff lately posting, be like, "Hey, this is on ESPN right now," and I don't know if it's real or not. <laughs> what is it like? Well, one? one was a joke, which is like the XL uh, champ uh, spreadsheet championships, and they had commentators. Oh, my God, the XL spread. (laughs) Yeah, and people filling it out. I think that is genuinely a thing online, not on ESPN. But ESPN's had dodgeball lately, like a legitimate dodgeball. Well, Uh, you know, this is the dead time, August, July, August. I mean, even Simmons. uh, Yeah, left for. uh, Yeah, he left for a whole month. (laughs) Son of a bitch. I was like, why didn't I think of that? That's genius. Just hold, chill out for a whole month while everyone take else handles the show. Well, the entertainment industry doesn't take off, you know, for yeah, the summer. True. So it's very true. It's very true. Um, um but uh, I got to get your thoughts on this, uh, uh, Matt. Knows ninety-seven point one million dollars for your boy LeBron James to stay with the Lakers, a fifteen percent trade kicker. Um, how do we feel about this? What does this mean? Um. Interesting that he was willing to sign on. I mean, it's a one and one, so it's this year plus next year, and then he's got a player option the year after. Right. So, so it's, it's a really two-year a two-year contract. It's a two-year contract. Yeah, but it's really a one-year contract. What? Why do you say that? 
Well, because he was already under contract for this season. Oh, right. Good point. Good point. So the next year, it's one year, and then the following year, if I read it out correctly. Yeah, the player options for 2024, 2025. So it's a one-year deal. Yeah, fair point. For $48, $49 million. (laughs) He's worth it. He generates more than that in revenue. That's insane. So it uh, it makes sense from the Lakers side. And I'd be curious if it makes sense from his side, but I don't know that there were greener pastures out there. Um, 46.7 million just this year. Yeah. He's one of the few guys that's genuinely worth it. Just, I'm, I'm just saying from the financial standpoint, yeah, yeah, no, hey, he yeah. generates a tremendous amount of money. Like when he came back to Cleveland from Miami, oh. there were numbers that they put out of how much of a boon it was for oh, the really? downtown area and the economic upswing just from his return and how much those businesses thrived right in his return years to uh cleveland so yeah they can continue to charge top tier prices you know for the worst seats in the house the shittiest game of the year it's still going to be 115 120 bucks wow actually with inflation i wouldn't be surprised if it's 130 or 140 this year yeah yeah so yeah it's worth it that's insane i mean just 97 points i didn't even think about it because i mean like you said there were there were rumors there were certainly articles being written that LeBron should leave, should look at another place. But, you know, he's set up in L.A. with an entertainment company and all that. Why? Yeah, his family's here. They're all in schools here. Yeah, why would he, he go He wanted there? to live here. Yeah, he likes it here. The only, the only thing he'll leave this for is Vegas when they open a new team and if the Red Sox buy it, yeah. then he'll be the owner technically. Right. Of that team. But until that happens, I, I don't know why he leaves Southern California unless there's just a tailor-made championship team waiting for him to join. And he can just slide right in. Uh, it's crazy, though. 97 million. You froze there for half a second. but you're, Oh, sorry about that. No, you're perfectly fine now. <laughs> 15% trade kicker. Yeah. That's, that's how you punish the team. They were never going to trade him. Exactly. So, exactly. It's a, it's, it's it's just, a meaningless. <laughs> you get to have this trade. They could have given him a no trade clause on the one year yeah, deal. Yeah. Just to make him feel good. Craziness, man. Craziness. Uh, all right. Anything else we want to talk about? Or should we jump into the show? Uh, no, let's uh, let's jump into today's show. Oh, wait, wait. No, we should clarify this. We should clarify. Do you want to talk about what you brought up off camera about a certain nah. thing? No. Nah. All right. I want to clarify my stance on it, but all right, fine. Yeah, adding fuel. There's no all point right, to fine. me. All right. Let's, all right. Fine. It'll go. Yeah, it, it, it's fine. All right. Um, uh, yeah. All right. So let's move on. So then uh, this week's show is the top. I think we. Huh? You froze out again. Oh, shit. All right. Well, let me. Go no, back now the, the, the picture goes, it just goes crystal clear. Yeah. And then you freeze. Yeah. And then after a couple of seconds, it goes back and it's crystal clear. It's not like okay. usually the pixelation. So I don't yeah, know yeah, what, yeah. what it is, where the hiccup is. Cause normally you can kind of see the problem. Yeah. As opposed to just abruptly stopped him. Let me so, switch over to the ethernet cord. Maybe that'll be a smoother ride for us. Hold on. Okay. All right. Well, am I, am I there? Am I good? Oh, it's just a button to click. Yeah, no, you're fine. Okay, good. Good to go. I thought you might actually have to physically do something. Oh, no, it's, it's always connected, and I just kind of will. I'll just turn off the Wi-Fi um, 
because sometimes I'll, I'll disconnect the thing and forget that I haven't connected that I you know had it on the Ethernet. So so I like to have it them both on just in case. So anyway, top ten wish fulfillment movies is what we're doing today, and that's uh, because of the new George Miller film that's coming out. The interestingly weird George Miller film. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it three thousand or two thousand years of longing or something like that? Three thousand years. Three thousand years of longing with uh, Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Uh, I'm going to go see it next week, or as you're listening to this recording, probably the next night is just a recording. But uh, yeah, that's a film that's coming out. So we thought we'd tackle top 10 wish fulfillment movies uh, for the show today. And there was a few choices, not a lot, but certainly enough to consider for a top 10 where I would have, where actually I've struggled to leave some films off of it. So Surprisingly few though. Yes, you're right. Under, under, for me, under 15. Easy. Oh, yeah easy like there are some in the mix uh i have one questionable one at 10 that mm-hmm. if it counts it jumps up okay. okay but if it doesn't count then i can bump it off and throw something else on there gotcha and then i also you know there's like seven disney films and yes yeah I only six chose of these one. i chose one yeah um otherwise it's like you could populate your list with a ton of them and, and yeah. i'm just gonna pick one of them uh, as opposed to having too many. So it, it creates a slightly more varied list overall. Yeah. But even the live action, I figured there would be more. Yeah. And uh, surprisingly few, especially if you're saying wish fulfillment, where I was really looking for the characters at some point to be like, I wish this happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my mentality as yeah. well. Yeah. They there could be something wish. that they want that without them overly saying it, be like, yeah, it's a wish-ish yeah, uh, be like, I don't know that they ever actually say the words "I wish this happens" right. and then it happens. Right. Um, so, I think we both did the same thing. I agree. Arriving at the list. Um. All right. Well, how does the show work, Matt? For those who may not know, after everything, uh, we set a topic. We go our individual ways, create personal top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one a piece. Once we revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. <laughs> yeah boom uh, i fuck boom <laughs> appreciation for your years of doing it incredibly well <laughs> i apologize it wasn't more of an excellent death has begun to set in ladies and gentlemen yeah boom lethargy and uh is manifested before you okay uh <laughs> okay so 10 is my questionable Okay, go ahead. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, yeah, because they I, do say I wish, and then he gives them the things that they already, but they it's like they oh, because they're like, I wish I had a brain, and right. I wish I had a heart, and I wish I, I wish I could go home. And he's like, I can grant all those wishes because you've always had a brain and you've always had courage. Here's your heart, right? So is he actually fulfilling? or is Well, he just- I think it does qualify. And if it qualifies, I can alter my list as well. Because if it does qualify, because they are going on this journey to ask the wizard. So the implication there is a magical being for True. a wish to be granted, which is for a heart, a brain, a courage, a home. So I think by the definition and the technical definition of the term, Wizard of Oz is a wish fulfillment movie. So I'm going to move that up on my list and take something down. So, um, all right. I like it. And it's a punt. 
Yeah, it's most definitely a punt. Yeah. At that point for me. Right, so then what is your 10 now uh, in reaction to that situation? Um, okay. And once again, this is, I'm personally only taking one Disney movie. Yes. Um, so some oddballs make it on there. Okay. But uh, at 10, I took the change up. The, uh, that is my 10. It is a slightly maligned film. It's, I found it to be a lot of fun. It's so good. Jason yeah. Bateman and Ryan Reynolds and uh, the very sexy Olivia Wilde. And uh, this and Emmy and uh, Leslie Mann. This is a damn good movie that actually has a pretty sweet message to say about the ability to connect with human beings and the importance of it and also the commitment to your marriage. So I was surprised by this movie and the idea of judging other people because of their stations in life and how you're not looking at yourself, but you're so willing to judge the other person may take a look at yourself first. So there's a lot going on here amidst the, the funny comedy moments that I really enjoyed about the movie. I agree with you. It is unfairly maligned. If you go and look up the ratings and whatnot, it's mm. low. I was yeah, I know. somewhat shocked by how low it was because you know, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it's a shitload of fun. It is. And all the leads are very charismatic. Yes. Um, you know, it's got more of a, a bro premise where they get drunk and pee into a fountain together yes. and then make the wish. And it's, you know, by happenstance. Yeah. That uh, is a perfect thing, that, you know, the, the, the to do the swap that they were looking for. Yeah. And then the grass is not greener movie unfolds from there. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was an inventive way to do a movie that you've seen before with a bunch of people that you enjoy watching. And this is like early Reynolds and Bateman when he's getting a little resurgence yes. back into movies instead of just doing television. Yeah. Um, when we all agreed, you know who I've always liked is is Bateman. He's <laughs> a good guy. And he's been consistently where ever since Arrested Development yeah. basically repopulated him into public consciousness. That he's gotten like it was like the Hancocks, and then he was getting the change ups and whatnot yeah. slowly but surely, and then now he does a nice blend of both. Um, I just he's more television. I just listened to his podcast. I just started listening to his podcast that he does with Will Arnett and Sean Hayes, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually very interesting and fun. And they give each other an immeasurable amount of shit, but they get some good interviews with people. So, yeah. What an incredible way to constantly recreate himself and constantly find new avenues for people to enjoy what he does. And yeah, he's good here because he's kind of like, remember, Bateman was the bad kid back in the 1980s and 90s and the things that he did. So to have him be the more like uh, rigid father type guy in business and in his family, um, it's a nice twist to have him kind of confront all that uh, and not be the party guy and be resistant to it in the movie, but also what it shows him about himself as well, that he'd become too rigid, you know? So it's a really, it's surprisingly good. And uh, I was well, well directed very much. So, um, yeah. All right. What's your nine? Uh, my number nine is Zethura. Oh, go ahead, man. I haven't seen that movie. It's, you know, Jumanji light. Oh, okay. It's the same basic premise. Yeah. A couple kids, find a board game it's a science fiction board game and or one kid finds it i think he's getting he's the younger brother and uh 
in it like a um something cataclysmic is the first thing that happens while he's playing the game oh, i think okay. it's a meteor shower and all of a sudden there's an actual meteor shower and that's when you realize oh shit you know what i do here has consequences wow. in the real world but later on kind of like monopoly where you get the chance card and all that yeah the, the game spits out a wish card and you can you know uh make a wish right. and uh they make a wish for uh dax shepherd's character uh mm. who comes in later he's an astronaut that so the house gets transported into space and it's floating through space and it gets boarded oh, wow. by some aliens at one point because they're attracted to the heat from uh the the heater because they're reptilian yeah. alien species type yeah. of thing but dax shepherd uh i can't remember how he stumbles upon them um but it's a lot of you know it's fun it's about you know two brothers that are at odds with each other but over the course of the movie they come together yeah um and it's a good movie for you know youngish kids preteens but even as an adult it's enjoyable i think yeah. jumanji's a better movie uh just because if you've seen that then this feels like slight little you know junior version yeah uh but i i, I would recommend it i think this is a f- another favreau mm, okay i believe he directed this yeah i think he did direct this one yeah um but it's a third it's based on a book i've ne- never read the book obviously i think it came out when i was you know in my late teens early 20s since yeah, a kid's yeah, book yeah. um but they bring to life it very much feels like uh, an inventive child story that was brought to life fairly well on the, the silver screen. So um, Zathura is, has wish fulfillment. I was trying to mix up the list a little bit. So if you've never seen it, go check it out. There you go. Okay. Uh, what's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Mr. Destiny. Oh, yeah. The old school Jim Belushi film. All right. Yep. Go ahead. So he is a guy yeah. that, uh, you know, he's a blue collar guy who's married to linda hamilton who works yeah. at the so technically he works i think in the white collar side of this sports apparel company but he's mm-hmm. on the lower junior end of it and she works down in the shop and he is lamenting that had he gotten the big hit in the big baseball game when he was in right. high school that was the most important cat you know moment of his life and he screwed it up and his life would be so much better had he just managed to do that one thing and right when he is more than likely bellowing or wallowing in this self-pity for the 1000th time of his life, (laughs) a little light turns on at this bar and you know, he's kind of awestruck and he goes into it and it's Michael Caine as the bartender and little does he know, Michael Caine is about to change his life and show him. I can grant that wish. If you think that your life would be so much better and he flips it. And yet now he has, he's got the big job. He's the president of the company. He got the, the boss's daughter, uh, Renee Russo, and Renee he's Russo, married to her. Yeah. yeah. But his life isn't better. And he misses his wife and he misses his best friend. And he realizes life, you know, is the quote unquote successful is, yeah, is pitiable. And, you know, he's cheating on Renee Russo and he's not happy in his job and the company's about to be sold. And there's nothing he can really do about that. Yeah. And, uh, so he goes about trying to recapture his former life, realizing the mistake that he's made, which you can kind of see, you know, that's what every one of these movies on some level is. Yeah. But it's one of the few Belushi vehicles that I think is somewhat universal. 
like the principal. Yeah. I think that speaks to a very male demographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that one's as broad. And K nine, even less so. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get, Who's talking? Where's he hitting the heat? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't have much of a run as a, a leading man. What was the one where he's in prison and he gets out and he goes to like the Cubs game, and it's him and Charles Grodin. Are you thinking Dream Team? No, no, no. That's Mike Keaton. Yeah. No, he's uh, in prison. He wants to get out because the Cubs are in a big playoff game. And he gets, shit, he gets Charles Grodin's, like, Rolodex, his black book. And he takes on Grodin's identity and manages to, like, the other prisoners put on a fake riot so he can sneak out of the prison. Wow. Uh, But then he ends up in L.A. So maybe it's based, maybe it's the... Dodgers? I thought it was based in LA. God, I'm getting that conflated. Okay. From the uh, 90s? Late 80s, early 90s. Oh, late 80s. Okay. <sighs> Shit. I don't know. Um, What? K9, Red Heat, Who's Harry Crumb, Homer and Eddie, Taking mm-hmm. Care of Business. Taking Care of Business. Is that what it was called? I believe okay. so. If you click on it and Charles Grodin's in it, it's Taking Care of Business. Uh... It is Charles Grodin, yes. Um, yeah, and Hector Elizondo. Um, yeah, it's a fun little movie. Okay, all right. Yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, Mr. Uh, Destiny is... You see that kind of heart and performance from Belushi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The likability, the everyman. Yeah. And understand you understand why he was getting these shots and then it's kind of curious that he was relegated to television thereafter now a weed farmer yeah (laughs) uh that seems to be his passion now i'm not knocking it i guess um well you know he believes in the medicinal value of it and uh something he enjoys and being uh you know rooted yeah so to speak so it's perfectly legal. Go for it, man. <laughs> no, I liked Mr. Destiny. It was fine. It was certainly one of those films that I watched in the 1980s. Uh, and then, you know, because it was around that time when all the boomers were coming of age at 45 and having their midlife crises. So you had all these movies where they were looking back, you know, like Best of Times. Oh, if Rob Williams had caught that ball, their entire life would be different. You know, those kinds of things where they were kind of looking back on their lives and wondering how different life would be if they had actually succeeded at something when they were younger, you know, trying to appeal to what most people feel probably, or at least at the time, you know, that like, Oh, if I'd only done this, if I'd only done that, my life would be different, you know? And so that kind of self-reflection that I think the, the, all those films seem to end in the same place, which is um, you're not appreciating what you do have and how great what you do have actually is because Mm -hmm. you're caught up in looking at the bright lights and the money and the, uh, supposedly better life that other people have and it may look better from the outside but once you're actually living that life it's pretty shitty you know like just you've you've yeah. created another life for yourself and it's not what you're accustomed to and what exactly. you have built for yourself right right it, you know and get you know what you weren't constructed to live that life so that's why that's not your life you know um all right so that's your that was your eight so my number 10 is the change up as we said my number nine is ted Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Because he, he wishes for the bear mm-hmm. to talk and, and be his friend forever. And that's what happens. And this, the first one, 
is very, very funny. I really like the first Ted. There's some great humor in it. Once again, some good life lessons. But but Wahlberg making it work with that teddy bear. And you know, it's probably just Seth MacFarlane off camera saying the lines and shit. Mm-hmm. Wahlberg makes it work. And that's not easy to do. Okay. And he is in a, at times he is the the idiot in the in the pairing. Like they take turns being the fool in the pairing. Um, and also not an easy thing for a leading man to do to risk looking foolish on screen. Uh, but he makes it work. And I love the Boston feel of the film, and I love the interactions and the and the chemistry between Seth MacFarlane and uh, as the as te, as the the bear and um, uh, Wahlberg. So I really enjoy the film, uh, and it's the sequel's okay, but the first one's really good. That's what I would say. That's um, what I've got on ten. Yeah, I never saw the sequel. I thought the first one was was all right. So yeah. I. Once they announced the sequel, it's like, well, they're not making that for me, but hopefully it's good for those that are looking forward to it. Not I'm not knocking it. If that's your cup of tea, it didn't, you know, there were a couple moments in, in, in Ted that uh, made me laugh. Yeah. But it didn't slay me so much that I'm like, oh, they're making a second. I'm really intrigued oh. by that. But it's, you know, humor is subjective. So if you right. loved it and it crushed for you, well, then it crushed for you. Who cares? Well- I think Mila Kunis was the right choice for that one. And when they brought in Amanda um, Seyfried, yeah, Amanda Seyfried for the sequel, it just didn't feel 100% right. Nothing against Amanda, but I don't think that's where she belongs, especially after seeing the dropout. Jesus Christ. You know, she's a fucking incredible actress. Um, and Mank, of course. But watching her in Ted, too, you're just like, yeah, you're not. You shouldn't be in this. You're, you're way above this. So it, it, just, it didn't work. With, <laughs> so you're saying Mila isn't? Well, no, I'm saying Kunis is one of the boys. Kunis is down as one of the boys, and it radiates, right? That's why she's great in Forgetting okay. Sarah Marshall and in Ted. She's one of the boys. So she can play higher or lower, but she's always who she is, whereas Amanda radiates something a little more elevated, even though she was in A Million Ways to Die in the West. Seth again, Seth McFarlane again. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, she has a different energy, is what I would say. Yeah. Okay. In my, in my opinion. I mean, they do. Everyone has their own energy. Yeah. Um, all right, so then my number eight is Pinocchio. That's your one Disney? Yeah, it's my one Disney. Okay. I chose another Disney. Okay. Pinocchio, okay. if if I was gonna take two Disneys, Pinocchio was my second. Got fair enough. Yeah, Pinocchio for me, because of like that was one of the first films I watched as a kid. I remember just falling in love with that movie, and that movie kind of showing me what movies can be. And I've talked about it on the film on the show many times, the darkness of it all with the donkey stuff, but the wish is there, you know, when you wish upon a star is really the song in the movie. And the idea of trying to be wanting to wishing to be a real boy, wanting to be a real boy. I wish I could be a real boy and all the adventures he goes on to kind of try to make that happen or, you know, discover if it's possible. Um, and it all just really works. And it still has the charm when I watch it, whenever I occasionally watch it, that it had when I was a kid. So it's always going to have a very like high uh, placement in my heart when it comes to any lists it could qualify for. So. Um, I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, it still endures to this day so much so that Disney yeah. is now doing that as their next live action. Right, right. And there's then, like three of them coming yeah, out. Yeah, Del Toro's action. got his stop motion. Yeah, his Geppetto one. Yeah. It's just the one that I'm more intrigued by. Yeah, yeah, uh, Just because I haven't seen any of the Disney live actions so far. Yeah. Tell me about your boss. Um, yes. Yeah. 
You watching some video? No, no, that was the. I was looking the LeBron story up, and I guess you know how ESPN plays stuff, so I just closed the tab. So. Yeah, no matter how many times you turn off autoplay, yeah, it, <laughs> it never remembers. Like as if I delete cookies after going to their site religiously, I never do. Yeah, who does that? Like, oh, did you want to? You wanted to keep that <laughs> off? Yeah, I've never wanted to autoplay anything on your fucking site, ever. Where's that box? I'd like to permanently check that box. Uh, it's, it's so frustrating. It's the same. I brought it up before, but it's uh, with yeah. YouTube. So, hey, when, did yeah. you want to go to pay for YouTube? No. <laughs> Fucking, how many times have you watched me click this? No. Over the past couple of years. Skip no. the trial. You want to skip the trial? You, yeah. you sure you want to skip the trial? Uh, it's so annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pinocchio... To some degree, it's the flagship of Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you wish upon a star and Jiminy Cricket and, and you know, uh, all of that. So yeah, it still has a lasting impact all oh, these yeah. years later. And I'll be curious in the live action if they do, like, Donkey Boy Island. Because <laughs> that shit was scary as hell. Yes, it was. The yes, first time it was. seeing it. And it's still a little disturbing. Yeah. Even now, like, I don't know that that makes it in. If that animated film doesn't exist and they bring it out today. Yeah. I'm not sure they tone it way the hell down. Yeah. Uh, or change it ever so slightly. Right. I, I don't know if you do that. Um, but it's a. It's a story that, you know, crosses generations in time. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a perfect wish fulfillment movie. Yeah. Um, all right, what's your uh, six? Uh, my seven. Oh, sorry, seven. Jesus Christ, sorry. Seven, which is that? Yeah, you threw me off with that. I was like, what? Yeah, sorry We're... about that. <laughs> which is Skip it. Uh, my seven is Liar Liar. That's my seven, yes. Um, You know, the pen is blue. <laughs> the pen is blue. <laughs> when he walks into, oh. I mean, that whole sequence leading up to the pen is blue. He farts in the elevator. And then as soon as he gets off, it was me. And then there's Sherry O'Terry with the Coolio-esque hair. Yeah, the hair. Yeah. What do you think of my new suit? Anything to distract me from your head? What's going on in your head? Uh, just as he's walking, just brutally honest because he can't lie yeah. like he normally does over and over and over again. It's a great premise. Such a child's a... wish. I wish my dad wouldn't lie anymore because he's constantly late. He swears that he's going to yeah. make his birthday party and this and his baseball games and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and you know, his parents are divorced because he loves his job yeah. or feels his job is more important, uh, than making time for his family. Yeah. And then Carrie Elways comes in as the most inert of me. You can see why she would like him. Right. You know He's what I mean? Such a different choice. Yes. And Jim Carrey, he's a safe choice. He's, he's dependable choice. Yeah, dependable. Uh, I know he's not going to stand up yep. like kid. Yeah. He will always be there for us. He's right. not going to be as exciting, and he's not going to be as fun-loving. But what do I really want in this situation? Yeah. I mean, you can see the death on her inside when he tries to do the claw. Oh, it's the claw. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Carrie, Carrie did such a good job. Oh, yeah. Playing. True. That's true, yeah. So dull. Yeah. I mean, anybody compared to the Jim Carrey you know, especially at that point. I mean, yeah, that the probably. outtakes from it is it Swoozy Kurtz is yeah. 
in it, but the the outtake of when she says, you know, overacting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he is. He breaks. And he knows it. <laughs> they they found they found me out. <laughs> That's his bread and butter. Yeah. It's but it like, works uh, just like Shatner with the pauses and all the stuff that Shatner does. It works for Shatner. For Jim Carrey, that overacting on just about any other person would would just be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But because there's something about Carrie's energy, it makes us enjoy what he's doing um, on so many levels. And certainly what's great about the film is he has these really insane comedic moments, like you said, like you know when he's drawing on himself, mm-hmm. as you said, when he's kicking his own ass in the bathroom, when yeah. he's yelling at the cop, when he's messing with a homeless guy. There's crazy shit. But there's also this real genuine love for his son that starts to come through as this goes along. And Carrie's always had that in almost all his films, uh, even the crazy goofy ones, there is still a genuine emotional uh, relationship going on for him as the lead character in the film. And it's great. It's always great. And in liar, liar, it's, I would argue it's his sweetest film to be honest with you, because that scene on the gurney at the end when he's like, Oh no, it's past the 24 hours. Uh, and he's like, oh, it's so you're going to be, he says, no, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And so it's just really sweet, that ending with the, with the kid. Yeah, I think it's, of his successful films, it's, I would agree, it's his sweetest. Mm-hmm. There are others that, like the Majestic, he tries to be earnest and yeah. not not exactly sweet, yeah. but still trying to tug at those emotional heartstrings and it doesn't work as well. Yeah, Truman Show. Yeah, eh, that yeah. one's never really worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the reason that other actors outside of Tommy Lee Jones respect Jim. <laughs> yes. Good clarification. Yes. Um, is because like th- those over the top moments that he's doing are in service of the story and the character. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's freaking out because he wants to so desperately lie. Yeah. Because it makes his life that much more palatable and easy. Yeah. And yet he cannot. So it's just like that. The frustration boils over. Mm-hmm. So when he's kicking his ass to get out of court because he can't lie in court, it's a great over the top scene because he can think of nothing else. He's expended all options until he comes in all disheveled, you know, and the judge is like, do you need a recess? And he's like, no, <laughs> he's holding back. And then he figures out by technicality. Yeah. He was underage when they got married. <laughs> And so the contract, the, the prenup is null and void. Yeah. And it feels like shit because he even tells the judge, like, it's a loophole and you're falling for it. Yeah. But unfortunately, that is the law on occasion. Uh, but yeah, it, it, never is he, in my opinion, overacting for the sake of stealing focus. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and it's great. Like, even when he's dealing with his secretary, right? So that raise you told me. Yeah. Like, no, just stop talking. Stop talking. It's so good, so good, man. All of it is—it's just such a funny. I—I—I I don't know. We could have a debate about it, but I suppose. But to me, it's his funniest film. I, I said it there. I said, "Ah, nah, Dumb and Dumber is his funniest oh, pound God, for pound that movie." Never worked for me that film. I don't it's know. so good. That is an all-time classic. Jeff Daniels is funnier than he is in that movie. Um. Anyway, uh, now you're talking crazy. I think Jeff Daniels was the perfect <laughs> choice, and I'm glad that Jim fought for him. Sure. He did. Uh, they, he came no, in. I, yeah, yeah. Daniels came in for basically shoots, and then they had to take the footage back to the studio, and the studio needed to see the dailies yeah. before they would agree to continue filming with Jeff Daniels. 
And Jim Carrey was like, I need an actor, not a comedian, because comedians just going to try and one up me in every scene. Yes, Nothing's wrong right. with that. But the characters need to be real and lived in. Yeah. And it's true. And the Smart. best part is if you go and watch them, like they've shown up on Conan yeah. a, a couple of times. Oh, they're yeah. genuinely friends. Yeah. No bullshit. Uh, I want to say that, that Daniels was on Conan and he was in town promoting uh, that 9-11 show, the something tower. Yeah, the, the looming tower. The yeah. looming tower, which is a good, good show. It's a fucking great show. Yeah. And Carrie showed up unannounced and you could tell Daniels had no idea. <laughs> and the look of elation on, upon seeing his friend who he hadn't seen in a while is yeah. so real. It's <laughs> just a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Amongst the fake Hollywood, like, Hey, let me kiss you on every cheek. How you been? And right. Uh, all that shit. Uh, they're genuinely uh, friends. But anyway, Liar Liar is awesome. I think he showed up at the Jim Carrey reunion SNL sketch. I think he shows up at the end. Oh, does he? Yeah, I think he does. Because everyone's like doing their, you know, Jim Carrey impression. This Jim Carrey's family, you know, they do the sketch every once in a while. Yeah, I've seen that when Jeff Daniels is in that. Yeah, I think Daniels comes on right at the end. I think okay. he does. Um, all right. That was your, that was our seven. What's your six? <laughs> Excuse me. My six is a movie you haven't seen, Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, man. Um, brought up a few different times. I mean, basically, she sure. wishes she didn't have to take care of this kid. Yeah. And the Goblin King says, no problemo. I'll take that kid. If you want him back, you have 24 hours to get to the center of the maze and get him back. Otherwise, he turns into one of my goblins. Oh, and then you see this entire world populated by goblins. And you're like, holy shit, how many kids has he done this to? Um, but it is a beautifully rendered world. Yeah. That's very thought out. And it even has some like creepy aspects to it amongst all the family fin- friendly child fare. Okay. There's these, I can't remember, are they fire starters? They're fire and theme but they can like tear their appendages off and they juggle them around as they sing this song. But then they're, I don't know. They just look yeah, like they, they look kind of friendly and at the same time. You're like, mm, I feel like they could also be cannibals. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They just have this weird icky. That's the section of the movie. Every time, even to this day as a kid, it gave me like the, the hairs on the back of my neck would stand up a little bit. Right. And it still has that effect on me today. Wow. Just cause it reminds me of that. And they still look, there's a couple of them, their eyes, the, the character design and whatnot, just like they look friendly and terrifying simultaneously. Yeah. Um, but there's such an inventive and lived in world that mm-hmm. they created. Uh, and the puppetry is really incredible. Um, I know Lindley wants you to watch it. So at some point, hopefully you yeah, do. we will. I'm sure I, she's right. I think it's good. I, unfortunately, I think it'd be lost on you. I think it, yeah, on some stage, level you need to see it as a kid. Yeah. I think that's why uh, Goonies will never work for him because I saw it when I was in my twenties. And so, see that one—that doesn't make sense because I think that one's a more universal story. Really? Okay. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe the fantasy element will suck you in. I didn't go searching for pirates when I was a kid. But the idea of that doesn't that sound like fun? No, it doesn't. Really? If you and your friends found a fucking pirate treasure map. That doesn't sound like a, a, so amazingly fun. Uh, maybe. And you go running after it, and then you find a pirate ship. Yeah, you do find a pirate ship. Full of gold? That doesn't sound like fun. I think it would do that as an adult. I think it would be a lot more fun as an adult than as a kid. I think it would be like fun that. either way. <laughs> I think it would. 
but the adult version is uncharted unfortunately and that movie's not good currently screening on hbo max um, don't waste your time don't waste your time well it's not it's, bad. it's not it's great dull okay that's i think that's fair you can say it's dull yeah it's not bad it's right just boring which given all the set pieces and the, you know, adventure they go on, that's, that's saying something. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was your six. My six is uh, 13 going on 30. Oh, go for it. I've never seen it. I love this movie. Really do. It's, uh, you know, Garner rarely gets a chance to lead a film that actually, you know, becomes a, a good movie or is a hit. Uh, and I thought she was great in this film. She's so sweet and, and fun and earnest and honest in her performance. Um, and, you know, it's a young girl who's like, I think she's 13 and she's not popular. Her best friend is Mark Ruffalo's character. Who I think he's kind of an overweight kid in high school. And the uh, popular girls, I think, make fun of her. And so she um, sneaks off into the closet and wishes that she was older. She closed her eyes and wake up and be older so she wouldn't have to, you know, be uncool and not be liked or whatever. And when she comes out of the closet, she is 30 years old. And um, uh, working at an advertising firm with, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Isn't uh, it? Oh, I was going to say Ann Ruffalo in this? Blonde character actress. I forget her name right now. Oh, that narrows it down. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry. Blonde character actress. Yeah, Leslie Mann. No, she's been in a million films. She's always like the like the ex-girlfriend or the daughter or the, or the bitchy friend. Uh, I forget. Anyway, Judy Greer. There it is. Judy, I was about to say, is Judy it the woman from Ant-Man? Yeah, Judy Greer. The one I didn't get right against fucking... Riley. Yeah, Judy Greer uh is there. Um and uh and Andy Circus runs the company and it's like a it's a magazine. Really? And so it's very and this is Andy Circus like chill, funny British Andy Circus. Um and so to me the film works well, and then Ruffalo comes in, of course, as the former boyfriend, and he's with someone else, and this whole thing, and she's barely dating a New York Ranger hockey guy, so she has to deal with that. So it's just a fascinating film that starts to explore you know what this idea of wish fulfillment of it actually coming true what it really means um and i like it it's kind of a female big except they don't you know take the end route that big does and so i i I really liked it and i thought garner was absolutely fantastic and charming and attractive as hell through the whole movie so there you go those are my thoughts oh and ruffalo was great they have great chemistry together as well i love the relatability of i'm dating a professional athlete (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's new york man still yeah you know and i'm just casually dating a new york ranger okay <laughs> well i mean they're not that good um still professional athlete true true uh all right well let's uh let's take a quick break uh matt before we jump into our top fives uh and hear from our sponsors okay we're back matt nost please take it away uh, my number five is Home Alone. Yeah, I didn't qualify it for my list, but all right, go ahead. Well, so he does wish, and the next day he wakes up, and they're all gone. So as far as he's concerned, until the very end, yeah, his wish came true. I guess, I guess you're right. I guess that technically qualifies it, but for me, because nothing otherworldly necessarily happened, uh, I don't qualify it. But you know, it's your list, so knock yourself out, man. I. I know what you mean. I went back and forth on it. Because I give you Wizard of Oz. That's a definitely. But for whatever reason, Home Alone doesn't work for me. But go ahead. Well, it's just the whole movie. I mean, 
two thirds to three quarters of the movie is him thinking his wish came true. And yeah. now it's a grass is greener, not always greener situation. Right. Much like all these wish fulfillment movies are. Yeah. Right. Good point. Um, but he makes that wish. So as far as he is concerned, he cannot, you know, has not spoken to them, does not yeah. know that they are all are perfectly fine in Paris. Yeah. You know, without him and Catherine O'Hara cannot get a hold of him because yeah. uh, they're doing work like on the phone lines or something. Um, so in his little mind, he's they now won't. left to his own devices. Yeah. And he is stuck living by himself in this palatial mansion in the suburbs of Chicago. Not bad. You know, as far as if I got to live alone, yeah. uh, Although once the holiday season is over, I don't know what the hell he's going to do for money and food. But anyway, <laughs> his little, you know, uh, war chest would probably yeah. run dry fairly quickly. Yeah, good point. And, uh, you know, perhaps the wet bandits are the penance for having wished your family away. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's, you know, be careful what you wish for because you'll get exactly what you want. But now you need to fend for yourself in this life. Right. Um, instead of having the, the support staff there that uh, family provides. Yeah. Um, but it's an all time classic. I still remember when I saw it in the theater and absolutely love it. And then now it's, I don't know if I see it every year at Christmas, but boy, it feels like I see it just about every year. At Christmas. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's on all the time around Christmas. So I don't know how you can miss it. You know, I did. I haven't had, you know, I've been streaming for quite a few oh, years. Right on. Yeah. So I have to physically search it out. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just being on, you know, TNT style. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why I just like, I don't know if I've watched it every year. If I still had cable, yeah, undoubtedly I would have right. seen or it had been on and I just threw it on in the background while I'm doing something. Right. Um, which I could do now, but I don't, for some reason, I never think to do that. Yeah. Just I not... rarely just put a movie on in the background and then do stuff around it. Whereas if I, when I had television, I would, I just turn it on. But you do it like to go to sleep. Right, you tell me. I that do do it to do, go to sleep. Yeah, I just finished Band of Brothers again. Oh, really? That's been my fall asleep for the wow. past week. Wow, that's a there's a lot going on in those episodes. A lot of war going on. Yeah, but I've seen sleep. it, so I already oh, know. That's true. That's true. Spoiler alert: We beat the Nazis. <laughs> Nazis. And I um, I fast forward through a lot of the Battle of the Bulge stuff. Oh, really? Well, it's, it it's, it's them sitting in foxholes in the cold yeah. and then getting shelled every once and again. It's two episodes of that. True. Now, when they eventually make the assault on the small little town, oh. that I enjoy because, right. you know, Spears is a shitty lieutenant. You got to get him out of there. Yeah. But Captain Winters, you can't run in there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I, that to fall asleep to. Yeah, I guess Home Alone could make the rotation there. I guess yeah. I just listen to podcasts and stuff when I do things around the house. Whereas back in the day, it was just turn on the TV. Yeah. Have a little fun. Um, okay. So that was your five. My five is Bruce Almighty. I didn't count that. <laughs> Funny. We're both going to, we're both going to counter each other's fives. I like yeah. that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, they never say I wish. Well, you saying a prayer is a wish. I'm saying a prayer is a wish. Of course it is. I, I, you know, it, by its basic definition, it is a wish. Please, God, please, God, give me this. Please, God, make sure this happens. Please, God, that is a wish. You're wishing. 
If you want to split hairs and call it praying because you've been constructed and mentally told that it's a prayer, knock yourself out. I don't think it devalues it by calling a prayer a wish. I wish is a prayer. I just, when you make a wish, you're making it to a genie or some nebulous something or other. Whereas when you're praying, it's whatever your God is. And that's a more centralized and, and concrete notion in your head as opposed to a genie or something else. But so, what, uh, Kevin, who do you think he was asking, who was wishing, who do you think he was talking to when he was he just, wishing? He doesn't say. He just says he wishes they were gone. He does not say, dear God. A white smite, Midwestern kid ain't praying to God. To smite my family. <laughs> we, we don't know that for a fact. You are ridiculous, man. I, it's just because they didn't say wish and you bring God into it. There's physically, we see God in, in Morgan Freeman. Yeah, we do see God in Morgan Freeman. I, look, I went back and thing. forth. It was like my number... Uh, probably five or six on my original list. Then I was like, oh, okay. I don't know that they ever say wish. And then I kind of sped through watching it. It's mm-hmm. like, does he say it here? Trying to see if I could catch it. I never yeah. did, but go ahead. <laughs> For me, it's wishful fulfillment because he's wishing to have a better existence. And he's wishing that he can be like the lead anchor, that he could do all these things. And he's wishing to figure this out. But then God says, okay, uh, because he's mad about God. He's mad that God hasn't given him what he wants. And God goes, okay, you think you can do better than me? Let's see you take this on. I'm going to give you all this power, but you've also got these responsibilities that you got to be a part of this. So things are going to work out for you. So you wish is going to be granted, but you're going to have to be God uh, for a little yeah. while. And so I, I thought, I, I think it's great. And we talked about Jim Carrey earlier in Liar, Liar. It's funny. I kept two Disney's off, but I didn't want to keep two, two Jim Carrey's off. <laughs> Let it be. I, I just like him uh, a lot, and I really enjoy this movie and what it has to say. Um, I like the religious bent of it and the fact that it you know, asks some legitimate questions within the comedy, which I think is great. Um, but yeah, he's wishing for a better life, a better existence. So he complains mm-hmm. to God, who is the ultimate wish fulfiller, and, uh, and he in a way gets his wish but he also gets a lesson on understanding that the reason things weren't working out in his life is because he was so focused on getting what he wanted as opposed to establishing these relationships and fostering these relationships. Those are the things that are of real value. And so he had with Jennifer Aniston and others. And so he had to kind of navigate that. Plus the, the humor in this. I mean, it, this is the beginning of Steve Carell being a name. Yes. Um, uh, and who else is in this movie with him? Catherine Bell is great to have. Jennifer she, Aniston. She's hot. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Yes. Um, God, yeah, Morgan Freeman. God, I'm trying to think. Who's See, the head Aniston's of Aniston's sister is on that new something elementary show. She plays the Italian lady. Oh, yeah. Lisanne Walter. Right. Yes. I just saw her at the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. So, anyway. Oh, yeah. And Philip Baker Hall. That's right. Philip Baker Hall. That's the name I was trying to find, the older mm. person. Um, the news director or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I really enjoyed it. So, I think it is a wish fulfillment movie. But if you want to disqualify it in your mind, that, look, it's just fine. Just like with Home Alone? Yeah. It's your list. It's your list. I do love the the it's Jim Carrey, don't... Steve Carell scene where he's messing him up as he's oh reading God. the prompter. So great. And... In lesser hands, that scene is terrible. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. But to watch 
Corell go through that and then be flustered and be like, awesome. Oh, yeah. And try and will himself back into being able. Uh, it's just a masterclass in comedic <laughs> acting. You're right, because it's working on so many um, different things that are going on in his head. Yeah. One, he's on TV. It's happening mm-hmm. live. Two. He has yeah, a tenuous hold on this anchor job. He just got it. <laughs> yeah, just so he wants it. to prove that, you know, because Jim Carrey had that meltdown on air yeah. when he was announced. And he, he was like, ah, you yeah. fuckers. Because <laughs> uh, he didn't get the job. He's at Niagara Falls getting rained on, talking to oh, old people. In the, it's so good. Uh, so good. But yeah, yeah watching him then be face. flustered and then turn to Catherine Bell and just be like, hey, don't, you know, kind of like a don't worry, I got this. And yet he doesn't understand what's going wrong with it. It's you can see his mind working in the midst of all of yeah, it. It's, it's impressive. Genius. Yeah. It's genius. He's like, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? What is happening? It's genius. His audition for Anchorman, where he's eating the coffee filter burrito. Have you ever seen oh, that? No. no. It's oh, so fucking bad. good. It's so good. It turns out he thinks he's eating a burrito. And it's a coffee filters with cigarette butts. And he's he's miming all of this. There is nothing in him. He's like, continues to eat it. And the choices in it. And they're like, this is the audition. Yeah. And I think they eventually filmed it and cut it out of the movie. Oh, but the audition is even better than the deleted scene. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's so good. Oh my God. Uh, all right. What's your number four? My number four is it's a wonderful life. Oh, that's my number three. Yes. Yeah, he makes Clark. the wish to not be born. Yeah. Um, it's an all-time classic. I mean, what can we say? We've talked just about it on the show many times. Watched for the first time like four years ago, five <laughs> years ago. And usually, though, when people tell you, oh, this thing's a classic, it never lives up Yeah, to the hype. It just yeah. doesn't. Okay. And this really does. Yeah. The pacing of it. Uh, is a more modern pacing. It's like, it's really impressive. It's, when you look at it from the time, everything is really yeah. released around it. It's like, dude, this story moves. It's humming yeah. yep. as opposed to exposition and way too much character development or just long pauses between scenes or it is people like casually strolling. It's like, let's fucking speed this up. Whereas this is just like bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Um, but a universal tale and yeah. somebody that, uh, you know, he feels like he got stuck in a situation he didn't want to be in. And ultimately it actually turns out that was probably the best place for him. Yeah. Right. Well, the reason the film works is not the sweet moments. Those are the payoffs. It's the darkness in the film, right? From the beginning, even Um, the fact that we start off with the fact that George Bailey wants to commit suicide. That is literally the first scene Mm -hmm. of the movie with them in, in the space. And you're seeing the little lights blinking as they're talking to each other. It's about George wanting to kill himself because uh, you're hearing all these prayers or wishes for George to feel better or do better or be in a better place. And and then, yes. But he does say and towards the end of the movie, I wish I had never been born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. I'm just saying I'm just playing on the fact that there are prayers you hear at the beginning of the movie as well. I, if it was just the prayers, I wouldn't have counted it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I would have stuck by my own rule here. <laughs> but he... But anyway, he gets into the stuff, but like the darkness here, like even when he's a kid, when um, Mr. Gower slaps his ear thinking that he's been he's being a lazy, shiftless kid instead of delivering the medicine. And the fact that Gower was going to kill that family because of his grief 
You know what I'm saying? There's like so much darkness mm-hmm. through the movie uh, amidst all. So it's like, it's kind of, not going to say this, it's subtly kind of deconstructing the American myth of, you know, we're always doing the right thing and we're living the best life. There's all this ugliness that is on the edges here from the actions of people and the mistakes that they make in, in real time, in real life. And then boom, when things change, when he makes the wish and the darkness of all of that is just incredible. So that when we get back to him and Bert on the bridge, um, we've really been through something, you know, and we've already seen the darkness before he even makes the wish. Cause you know, him wanting to leave all those times and things get in the way. And the worst part of it is things don't get in the way that are mean or horrible. No. Things get in the way, like his father dying, which was had nothing to do with him. Uh, but he has to take over his brother coming back with his beautiful wife and him not wanting to stand in the way of that. Um, and then, you know, getting involved with Donna Reed, she's the one that has to work double time to make him feel comfortable about the situation. And it is until he confronts his mortality and the loss of all the things that he didn't appreciate that he really understands how actually rich he is. And it's fucking great. Sorry. Go on my tirades. No. Yeah, he, he he gets a unfortunate and somewhat impossible choice thrust on him over and over and over. Yes, again. yes, yes. Like the savings alone is going to go under. They have to give all of their mm-hmm. him and his wife have to give all their money to keep the savings alone afloat. Yeah, when the crash yeah. is happening. Yeah, yeah. When there's a run on the bank, and then it's just right. like, well, how much do you actually need? Yeah, as opposed to just taking out everything you own, because if everybody takes out everything, well, that's where the you know, famous. Well, it's in your house, Bob, and it's in your uh, <laughs> looking at this all wrong. It's in yours. Yeah, and the balance there of humanity, right? There's the asshole who comes in and wants all his money, yeah, and then there's, there's the there's the young woman, oh, the young that. mom who's like, you know, I just need this much, you know, eighteen dollars and thirty six cents. So you know, the difference there is, and I love that. And again, Capra is showing you the uglier sides of humanity that exist in America. Um, amidst this glow of thinking this is a Rockwellian film, it completely isn't. And I think that's the genius of that movie. Why it endures and why it worked for you, you know, five years ago, even though it's a what 80-year-old film or something. So um yeah. all right, so that's your four. That my four was is Wizard of Oz. All right, that's now my number three. Okay, go ahead, please. It's higher on your list. Um yeah, I don't know what you say about Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so Wizard of Oz, like, can you imagine if we have anybody that's watching this show that's never seen it? There, there might be one. Yeah, maybe one. Yeah. Maybe one. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's incredible. Occasionally, there is a movie that comes along, and it just manages to stand the test of time. Yeah. And the Wizard of Oz, flat out, like that, will be watched by future generations. Oh yeah. I wonder if they had any sense of that upon making it. You know what I mean? Where it's like, this one is genuine, genuinely timeless. Because we're all slaves to being in the moment. Sure. You know, something comes out, no, it's the greatest thing ever because it's come out. Or this is the right. best thing, you know, uh, the best player ever. It's just like, well, you didn't see the others because you weren't born or I wasn't born or watching yeah. the game or whatever the case is. Or there's no video of it. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, or just a couple grainy shots here and there. And that's all you got yeah. to go on. So you just got to look at stat sheets and whatnot. But to make something that truly stands up mm-hmm. is wildly impressive. I mean, Judy Garland is known today from this and yeah. this pretty much alone. This and the song and the song, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. 
I mean, Liza Minnelli had a career to me. Liza Minnelli won Best Actress. Yeah. But she's I, still. Yeah. I, she only gets those because her mom made an iconic film. Right. Right. In my opinion, I didn't live through it. I don't know. There seemed like a, a four-year stint where Liza Minnelli, they were trying to put her in every project. Yeah. Um, what Late 70s, early 80s. And then Cher probably took her thunder on that with Moonstruck and... Yeah, kind of, yeah. You know, the singer, the actress type of... Anyway. Uh, but... Yeah. It's just incredible. So hats off. Oh, yeah. And once again... It's a film that works, an old old film that that I think works for people because of the darkness, um, mm. f- uh, you know, around the film. It isn't all just let's follow the yellow brick road. There's flying monkeys. She kills a witch. She lands on the witch. She kills two she witches. two witches. Yeah, she lands on the witch, and then she inadvertently kills the other witch with water. Um, but amidst all of this, she's running into you know these uh, characters. One of them is getting uh, pecked at by crows, so initially slowly killed. The other one is uh, can't move because he's frozen. The other one's scared, and he's a, he's a, he's a lion. And then when they get to the castle and all the experiences that they go through there, and then of course the wicked witch. So there is a lot of dark. And then the lie, the lie of the wizard, which is yeah. the really biggest moment of the movie. Oh shit! Um, God, me and my fucking hands lately. Anyway, yeah. Um, so it's just crazy the darkness there that war- that makes the film work amidst the happy endings. It's all the darkness you got to navigate. So. I, mean, I think this is a testament to how good the movie is. Within the past year or so, I actually learned something new about it. Oh wow! Uh, which is there are a couple scenes, or there's at least one scene, but there's stills that you can see where the Tin Man has a gun. <laughs> what? Google search it right now. I thought that I was being lied to, and then I looked it up, and you can find. What does that mean? There scenes of him having a gun and a silver uh, gun. So if you just do a simple Google search, and you can look it up. No, the scarecrow carries the gun. Oh, scarecrow! I'm sorry, scarecrow has a gun. Yeah. The scene in question happens immediately after Dorothy the Tin Man Carol. After meeting the Wizard of Oz, they're headed out, bound for the castle of the Wicked Witch of the West, and must travel through the Haunted Forest. It is here we find Dorothy and company suddenly armed to the teeth. The Tin Man is holding a giant pipe wrench and his signature axe. The lion has a hug net and bug spray, while the scarecrow has a walking stick and a silver six-shooter. What? Totally didn't even notice that. I don't know how many times I've seen that movie. He's got a fucking gun. God. That's a great point. He was packing heat. Oh my god! I totally forgot about that. Wow. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, all right. What's your number two, man? Uh, my deuce is Aladdin. That's my number one. Oh, you're going the live action? Is that what you're doing? No, no. Uh, oh, uh, you know, to me, there's the separations, right? There's the Disney classic, and then there's the new Disney. So, in my mind, I separate those two eras. So that's what I meant by Disney, one Disney and another. So yeah. you know, we should have been clear about that. But no, the animated one is my number one for sure. The thirty-year-old new Disney movie. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to me, that's if I'm Compared alive to the nineteen fifty-nine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I just like the idea that that's the new. It's part of the Disney re- uh, Renaissance. Renaissance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I. Mean. Um, <laughs> after they had had like Oliver and Company and a few of Black Cauldron. Yeah, some things that. Uh, that you know almost tanked between that and the park's not doing as well 
Yeah. yeah. Um, although now, new uh, you see the new annual pass came out, seventeen hundred bucks, and you don't you still have blackout dates. That's insane, dude. They have a lower version, but the top tier, seventeen hundred bucks, you still have blackout dates. That lets you go the whole year, but you can't but, go every day. But uh, like the twenty third, twenty fourth of December. And then a couple of dates here and there. Yeah. But you don't have access year round. Yeah. Uh, Chapik or whatever the hell his name is. He's doing yeah. a Bob bang Chapik, up yeah, job. Yeah. Chapik. There you go. Doing yeah. a bang up job. I say we give it back to the former weatherman. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Aladdin, it, it was, I thought of two movies when we discussed this topic and this was one of the two movies. The other one is my number one. Yeah. Okay. Which is probably your number two. Probably. Um, so we're just going to do a flop rooney and then uh, have to flip a coin for this. Okay. That's my guess, at least. Yeah, I think but so. But I, I think Aladdin, it still holds up, and it's all oh. thanks to Robin Williams' performance. Yes. Yes. One million percent. He and fantastic. Um, that's, that's another one, too, where, thanks to the internet, you can see all the different theories that people have, but the opening person that brings you into the story is the genie in human form yeah and if you go back and watch it like that you're like oh this is interesting i have uh since then um but i think it's just i just beautifully cast uh the animation is is exceptionally well done it's you know one of the early blends of computer generated with the hand-drawn the lion pyramid thing that comes to life that's the computer aspect or when the, the carpet is flying through all the lava as it's crumbling so on itself. Yeah, it's it's got great visuals and on top of a good story and uh, just excellent voice acting. Yeah, yeah. From top to bottom. Not just Rob Williams. I mean, no. everybody. So Gilbert Jafar Godfrey. So good. Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey is great. Um, Jasmine is good. Uh, Jasmine's dad works so well. It's kind of a cl- mm-hmm. you know, clumsy, bumbling guy. It all works so well. And the, sto- and the songs are good. And the story there, once again, it's like, you know, the message there of just being yourself and accepting what you have and that there is there is wealth and richness in who you are as a person that matters more to a lot of people in the world than having a lot of money, you know. And so mm. and the people who care about you having a lot of money and judge you through that, those people aren't worth having as friends or having as uh, people in your life because money comes and goes. Uh, who you are as a person is what fucking matters, you know. And so, yeah, I, I think it's so good to see that in the movie. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the live action one was good. I'm not going to deny that at all. It's it, it was so much better than I could have possibly anticipated. Um, and Will was able to make it his own as opposed to imitating what Robin did, which I thought was great. Um, but let's move on to big. This is a big, this is, you know, Tom. Well, you're just was, calling it out, buddy. Yeah, let's do it. I imagine that's number one. Uh, it's vice versa, actually. You're, you're number two. Oh, that's right. So that's my number one. Okay, fair enough. No, no, no. Mine is the Judge Reinhold, vice versa, at number one. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Him and Fred Savage, just chef's kiss. So good. You can keep your big Tom Hanks big. <laughs> and then what was the George Burns one? 18 again. 18 again. Yeah. Him and Charlie Schlatter, who had a little bit of a minor run, Charlie Schlatter did. Very minor run. Yes, yes. Um, um, all those Matthew Broderick knockoff types. Yeah, big. I mean, 
first Tom Hanks Best Actor nomination. Penny Marshall directing the film when women weren't directing these kinds of films. Um, his performance here and the interactions he has with Elizabeth Perkins, John Hurd, with, uh, with Robert Loggia, all of it, and Mercedes Rule playing his mom, uh, and the reactions to it all. And look, people still, people now like are a little weird about the film because they're like, well, he was mentally this age in a man's body and she had sex with him. Is that, you know, what does that mean? And so there, you can look at it. But look, the 1980s were a more innocent time. If you start putting that 2022 eyes on 1980s stuff, not a lot yeah. of it's going to hold up. So let it breathe. Let yeah. it be what it was. We Much as I don't innocent. ever like to really side with Bill Maher, I did see the clip of him saying that what you feel is progressive now in 20 years, people are going to look back at you for some of the beliefs you have now and think that you're backwards. That's true. That's a it very is true. good point. Yeah, it is. No matter how woke you think you are, <laughs> there's something you believe now that in 20 yeah. years. Yeah. But that's, he uses woke. Yeah. Uh, and I don't much like to, cause he's, you know, I was never yeah. a big Bill Maher fan. Yeah. But I think he likes to instigate for the sake of instigating, which oh, is of why he's had a successful you know, television career for yeah. 30 years. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't want to do that to it because that's not what they were trying to do. Right. Exactly. exactly. That was not the intent of this. It was what would happen if you put a 13 into a 13 year old into a grown person's body. Right. And she thinks he may just be young at heart, but she doesn't know he's fucking 13 until long after they've slept with one another. Yeah. It's completely if you like different. Star Wars, you cannot turn around and go after these films. You fucking can't. You just yeah. fucking can't because literally a brother and sister killing each, kissing each other. And don't even give me the George didn't know. George didn't know. Well, look, they didn't know. She didn't know that he was 13 when they slept together. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. This is not a Dane Cook got engaged to his longtime girlfriend who's 23. Like, a long time. What does that mean? That is not. That, is not. that headline was one of my favorites. I got no problem with it. They were above, you know, of age, as far as I know, when they started dating. Yeah. Perfectly legal. Go ahead. Whose fucking business is it? If they're of yeah. age when they started dating, let them do what they want to do. Is it you weird know? that she sure. was 18 and he was weird. 45? Sure. Yes. What if yeah. she genuinely likes yeah. that and, and, and he likes that and they fell in love and, you know, that shit happens. Right. Hopefully it lasts. They Mazel only get down. angry. They only get angry when it's a man doing it, right? I mean, if you even insinuate that Catherine McPhee was gold digging by going after David Foster, you're somehow sexist. So it's just like, where's the consistency in analyzing all of this? I, I don't know, you know, and. You said a bunch I, of names, and I don't know what any of those. Yeah, are. there you go. Yeah, I just struggle with all of it because I, I don't, I don't see consistency here, um, and because I, I always like to take it on a case by case basis. I, you know, there are plenty of young people who married old people or, lit, or older people, and were and are legitimately in love with them and stay in love with them until they yeah. die. You know. Yeah, and, it's yeah. if they, if they break up in two years and he's back to dating an eighteen year old. Well, okay. Yeah. Right. Systematic That's, pattern here. Sure. 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 It's still uh, legal. But still it's legal. Really icky. They're still yeah. consistent, consenting adults. Yeah, yeah. He's just turning into an older and older man that likes, for some reason, a very specific age range. Yeah, which is uh, weird. I agree. Uh, anyway, Big is a great movie. 
It is a great movie. <laughs> An all-time classic. It is. One that will more than likely be remade in our lifetime. Oh, shh. It will. Yeah. It was too successful. You're right. But, I mean, it, it launched Tom Hanks from a guy that I liked to a yeah. guy that I love. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's so genuine in that movie. You don't even remember that Tom Hanks. When you look at this Tom Hanks now, who's so grizzled and been through the wars of life and survived COVID. But there's a youthful innocence to that Tom Hanks that is so rare in uh, leading men. Uh, that is just fun to revisit when you see that, when you watch that film again. Um, and he's not no. that far away from Apollo 13. You know, no, in Philadelphia. And, and yeah, I mean, big is what, 88? Philadelphia's like 91. That's three yeah. years later. That's crazy. I mean, it, it propels him from the Turner and Hooch yes. world of movies yeah, yeah. to, wow, this guy is a very bankable star. And he's yeah. got the blend of, Likeability, comedic chops, yeah. dramatic sensibilities, uh, which is a rare, you know, to find all of that in one thing. And yeah. everybody agrees, seems like a good dude. Yeah. And almost all comedians want to make that switch at some point. You know, uh, Jim Carrey's done serious movies. Richard Pryor tried to do serious movies. Eddie's tried to do serious movies. They all make the change yeah. at some I think point. Robin's the only really successful one that I could think of. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Jim's come close. I mean, Eternal Sunshine is fucking excellent. But yeah. there aren't multiple examples. Exactly. Robin, there there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've got your good wills, but you also have awakenings. Maybe Bill Murray? Although he was a comedy actor, not a stand well, so was So was Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a comedy uh, Yeah, actor. true. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, although he's done SNL 12 times or That's however true. many ridiculous times. That's true. Um, all right. Well, there's our separate lists for the top 10 wish fulfillment movies. We're going to put this thing together and give you our final list uh, and count it down. I'm sure there'll be some coin flips. Well, number one, we agree is big, right? Uh, no, I don't think we agree on that. We have to flip that. I thought we already agreed on that. We did not. Agree on that. Are you sure? Run back the tape, man. Yeah, run I'm back. pretty sure you were like, you know what should be number one <laughs> is Aladdin's big. a better film than big. I hate to break it to you, but I, you know, Wow. After just talking about how it launched him into the stratosphere. That was you who said that. You co-signed that. I kind of did. Yeah, I agree. I did kind of co-sign that. All right, flipping now. All right. <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah, I'm just not. Would, right. Why dance around this? Yeah, that's true. Good point. All right. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, unfortunately, the gods do not agree with you. Son of a bitch. You dropped it on that one plank again. All right. So here's another one where we have Wizard of Oz and Wonderful Life. I mean, I've got Wizard I lost of Oz. the last one, I feel like I should. Well, I've got that at three. You have it at four. What's that? Wizard of Oz. Yes. And then Wonderful Life. I've got it four. You've got it five. Three. Or three. So it's the same thing. Come you know on, man. I, yeah. Listen. It's a wonderful life can be three. It's very gracious of you. Thank you. Um, so we have liar, liar, and the change up in Ooh. common. That's it. Okay. Uh, it's so gonna have, be a lot of flipping, I guess. Right? Yeah, a ton of flipping. Bruce Almighty's my fives. Should I get the coin? My coin? 
Oh, there it is. All right, I got my coin. Unless you did, you want to flip the Elizabethan? We'll take turns. We'll take Go turns. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, me? All right. So, yeah, uh, what's the thing? I guess the queen. I'm the queen. Right, you're Superman. Superman. All right, sounds good. Superman. See how I show that? Superman. I show my work. Superman. We also noticed that you grabbed it another way and then twisted what your I, wrist because I wanted to, to show it to. Oh, oh, as you looked at him, it was like, that's not the side that I want to show the camera. There we that's go. So there we go. And twisted it so that you would see. I, now he's admitting to the twist. Of course. You see that? Do, it's on camera. Ah, yeah. Ugh. Just like we agreed on Big being number one. <laughs> so Bruce Almighty is my number for that gets ahead. Yeah. All right. Um, and where are we at uh, right now? Why don't we do liar, liar next? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, so we have eight, nine, and ten left to do. We both have change up, but we had it at ten, correct? So why don't we just why don't we keep that at ten? Yeah, we'll keep that at ten. Um, so I have my six. Well, uh, yeah, so that's that, right? Because then, because I uh, won the last one, you win this one. So go ahead. I have 13 um, going on 30 at six. So. All right, done. All right, done. Let's do this. The top 10 wish fulfillment movies. Yeah. At number 10. The change up. At number nine. 13 going on 30. At number eight. Excuse me. Labyrinth. At number seven. Liar, liar. At number six. Home Alone. At number five. Bruce Almighty. At number four, The Wizard of Oz. At number three, It's a Wonderful Life. At number two, Aladdin. And our number one wish fulfillment movie is? Is big. Yeah, big. There's our number one, and there's our list for this week. We hope you enjoyed today's wish fulfillment show. And let us know uh, what you think of 3,000 Years of Longing. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, I'm going to go see it next week. If you guys get to see it, let us know. Um, so you, uh, you can let us know on Twitter at top 10 shows all spelled out. Otherwise on YouTube and Instagram, it is forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. Yeah. And uh, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Check out my other shows, settle the score where, um, you know, John may or may not be making an appearance. <laughs> yeah. At some, it is a ways from now in the next few months. Yeah. In uh, in like six weeks ish. <laughs> So long as schedules maintain, I just, you know, like I told you before, I try and book a minimum a month out now because people yeah. flake and cancel and it's just like, uh, it's so true. at certain points of the year, I'm two to two and a half months out, but right now I'm about six weeks out. There you go. I like it. Uh, it makes my um, life easier. <laughs> true. As for me, you can find me at the Roka says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roka says. Um, and yeah, the hot mic and strong style are also now their own separate podcast streams. So go and subscribe there and to the geek buddies as well. All right. Y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the top 10 show. Peace. Ooh.